This is The Jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XMLQ. So I will tell you the truth, y'all. I have always wanted to get Michael Chiklis in our studio. I'm a huge fan, and he is finally here. Good morning. Good morning. It's nice to nice to finally say hello to you. It's What's, great to be here with you, Larry. Uh, Michael Chiklis is uh, joining, or has joined, the cast of Fox's Gotham, which originates Monday nights. And um, he is uh, going to bring some, some hardcore justice to this group of... <laughs> ruffians isn't he that's right and the cavalry <laughs> showing up in time too. he's gonna he's gonna i i just have this feeling that he's going to be a real pain in the ass for a lot of the characters that's a fair assumption is that a fair assumption yeah, i think so i don't think he messes i just i can't see you playing anyone who doesn't mess around yeah he's a bull and a boring actually in this <laughs> situation um yeah, it's Rise of the Villains is the title of this season. Mm-hmm. And so far, the villains have been, you know, kicking ass and taking names. So I show up as a sort of a countermeasure to that and also to work as a mentor for Ben McKenzie's uh, character, you know, Gordon. And he could use some help. Yeah, absolutely. But the, through his, uh, his character's frustration, he's starting to slide into that slippery slope of... Uh, of uh, ends justifies the means law mm. enforcement, which uh, I'm trying to pull him out of because I'm not unfamiliar with that. So I know it's the road to hell, so I'm trying to pull him out of it. So it creates a lot of dramatic tension between us and uh, also the villains. So I'm I'm basically fighting with everyone. You're fighting with everyone, but <laughs> why do why do because I because I actually watch I I, I really enjoy this show. I watch it pretty closely. Um, He's not going to be as uh, spotless clean as he originally appears to be, is Willie? You have made another fair assumption. Uh, I can't. I don't want to spoil anything, but he's. There's a reason for him being the way he is. Something. So either something really bad happened to him. Don't tell me because I hate plot spoilers. But something either really bad happened to him, or he did one thing, and it's haunting him for the rest of his life. It could be either one of those things or a permutation on one of those All things. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Uh-huh. So uh, what what keeps bringing you back to TV? You're good on TV. But I, what, what, I love what, the work. You know, what I, is it about the medium that that feels right to you? Well, I, you know, I, I just – as much as I love films, I just did a film, you know, June and July with Numi Rapace, a really cool – uh, a science fiction thriller and I love that process as well it's just much slower and um, you know you'll spend two months on on one two hour film mm. and uh, you know as an actor that can be great and it can be immersive but it can also be a little tedious and quite frankly a little boring whereas uh, you know television is voluminous it keeps coming at you and it's challenging and essentially, you're you're just you're making a feature film. You're just doing it on a real abridged time frame. And, and, and again, I'm full of assumptions with you today. So please <laughs> go smack me whenever you want. But I don't I don't I don't take you as a patient guy. So I think that no, you would have I, a hard time you're being right told about that. I you know you're going to do a half page today, Michael. I have patience for uh, um, the you know. For 
for the infirm and for children and for you know certain people, uh, you know. But uh, you know, for for people who are otherwise well and adult, I really don't have much patience. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Maybe it's because it takes one to know one. I don't know, but because I've got this much patience. Fingers very close together, y'all. Yeah, I like. Uh, I, I just again, I like. Um, I like working with pace and moving forward. Mm. And, and you know, uh, I, I like the challenges presented in a television context. And I mean, this is a big show. It's really shot beautifully. It looks like a huge feature. It's very lush. Yeah. And um, you know, to do that in the context of a nine-day shoot is challenging. So it's been a lot of fun. So that's Michael Chiklis joining us here on The Jolt. I'm Larry Flick. And as uh, we've been talking about, he's joining the cast of Gotham, Monday Nights on Fox. Um, but I want to I want to dig into some of your other work uh, and and particularly um, that period of time between um, the commish and and shield. Because yeah, Why? You know, I think because it was fascinating to see someone do something. I mean, you really there was something transformative about what you well, did right. to yourself yeah. as as a as a person, as an actor, and as a guy of fifty two years, constantly trying to not only stay ahead of the curve, but but prove that I'm still vital to do that. And you weren't twenty two when you did it. Was right. very inspiring. Thank you. Well, you know, um, part of that's just part survival and uh, and and just having a fire in a, in your belly. Like yeah. I, I um I did the commission very young. I, I was too young to do that role. Really, I started it when I was twenty seven years old. So all of a sudden, five years later, I found mm. myself in my early thirties with the perception out there that I was a schlumpy you know, middle-aged guy. And I I wasn't. I, you know, uh, plus I played these sort of affable, roly-poly affable guys. And uh, I knew that there was so much more that I could do as an actor and, and wanted to do. And I, part of it is, I guess it's true what the old expression is, is that uh, luck is where preparation meets opportunity. Uh, mm. What I started to do I, I kind of hit a wall in 2000 when I did Daddy-O, which was an ill-fated uh, sitcom mm -hmm. that I had done. And I loved it. I had a great time on it. I loved the people involved. But it, again, it was this sort of really benign, affable, you know. And remember, people think that that actors have these infinite choices in front of them. They're, you know... There's part of you that's an artist that wants to do all this different great work. And then there's part of you that, you know, that is a father, that is a husband, that needs to pay the bills. So I, those were difficult years between the Kamish and the Shield because I was trying to cobble together a, a living and at the same time, you know, trying to avoid you know, just doing the worst work in the world. And I didn't have all the, I mean, there's only a handful of guys in our industry who just have the pick of the litter in front of them. And I've always had to make my career by finding diamonds in the rough, identifying great material that I have access to. 
I've always said if the shield happened anywhere else other than FX, I wouldn't have been allowed in the room. If it happened at ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, it would not have happened for me. Um, and the reason for that isn't their fault. It's just they thought they knew me. Mm. And, and when you look at an executive, um, you know, if you look at producers and executives uh, in the in the television realm, you know, the, if they're looking, if I'm, uh, you know, uh, a Les Moonves or whomever, and I'm looking at a billion dollars worth of programming for a season, you tend to compartmentalize and go, he plugs in here, she plugs in there. Uh, you know, that's what he does. That's what she does. You know what I mean? And at that time, I was sort of that roly-poly affable guy that played you know, sweet guys and, you know, serial comic type, mm -hmm. you know, if you will. And I knew, obviously, that there was much more than that out there for me. But I, I, my wife was the one who brilliantly said to me, and I've said this many times publicly, but it's true. I credit her wholly for the one. She said to me, look, it's not incumbent upon the studios and the networks to reinvent you. It's incumbent upon you to reinvent yourself. But do you realize how inspiring that is to any person, particularly men, who feel pigeonholed by life and more times than not surrender? And that's why I wanted to talk about this yeah. because, because that was a very, very inspiring thing to watch because you were clearly a talented guy. I remember Daddio, and I remember remember thinking, well, this is really nice, but this is so wrong for this dude who should be playing tough guys, bad guys, the guy who should be pushing people around, you know, guys like the guy you're playing on Gotham. Yeah. And and thinking, how does he, how do you how do you build or pull yourself out of it? I remember when I turned 40, I had to figure out what I was going to do with my life because everything that I had been working for, the bottom fell out on me. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I was, I, was, I was a print journalist. I was working for Billboard magazine, and my mentor died. Oh. And went with him, so did my job. Wow. And I was standing there going, okay, what do I do now? Right. And I had to figure it out. Well, and many people in that position could acquiesce and just, like you say, give up. Yeah, and so I decided, you know what? What I really want to do is what you and I are doing right now. Right. And so I started that very, it took me, it's taken me 12 years to well, get to the right point where I'm doing it. Well, right a big part of it. You have to have some vision of what it is that you want to do. Right. And then. You, and you knew. I did. And I, so I set that set of goals and part of it was physical. Um, you know, my wife said, look, change your physical guys. Let's go, you know, f uh, get in the gym. Let's, let's lose a bunch of weight. You know, uh, I decided to shave my head. Um, let, let's present a, f a different physical guys and then let's not take another role until we get the role that we want. And that's where it got tough. And I said to my wife, look, you know, we have kids. This is going to be a potentially a really, really tough road. Um, yeah. And she said, I don't care. We'll sell the house. Your we'll wife sounds to tough, do. man. Yeah, she's tough as nails. She's amazing. Wow. And she said, well, We'll move into an apartment. You know, we'll do what we need to do. And I don't know. Again, this is where luck is when preparation meets opportunity, where I was preparing for that, for that change. I was 
doing everything that I could to get ready for when an opportunity presented itself. Mm. And then somehow the shield presented itself. And, I, you know, you can call it kismet, uh, whatever you want. Uh, I just find it fascinating that when you put something out into the, the universe, that this is, this is what I'm going for, this is what I want, that sometimes these things manifest themselves. And if you're ready for it, you'll be ready to jump on that train. So what was it like, talking to Michael Chiklis here on The Jolt, what was it like to not just see it come to physical life, but for it to be as huge as it became? I mean, I remember watching you on the Emmy stage, and that was something that you could feel barreling out of the screen. It was overwhelming. Uh, and, And not just... You know, there's so many things behind that. Uh, And man, if we had three hours, I could go over it all. But um, look, when you when you aspire to something, you know, for a lifetime and you really work hard and this sort of confluence of things happens and it, it and it happens, it's it's pretty overwhelming. But. You also have to bear in mind my origins in the in Hollywood were not exactly um, uh, without bumps. You know, I my first film was a film called Wired, where I played John Belushi, and it was a very controversial mess, and mm. I found myself really an outsider. Um, yeah, and no one wanted that movie to even exist. No, exactly. And, you know, look, that's a whole other story. Yeah. But when when you mentioned the Emmy, when I won the Emmy that night, it, it, it was epic because it wasn't just about The Shield. It was about all of these different things. And uh, uh, the, the, all that other stuff and angst was gone. How do you stay in love with what you do? when you're going through all of that because that's that's a test that's a great great question because you know there's a a lot of people who would be like fuck this man dude and (laughs) i didn't say fuck this a number of times uh that's a great question um (laughs) i guess part of it's compartmentalizing knowing the difference between what you're upset about or what's not right and what you love. Um, and I've been an actor my whole life. Uh, you know, I, I was doing theater professionally when I was 13 years old. So I guess I knew I, that's who I am. That's what I am. So I'm going to answer that question with a, a different a story. I hope this makes sense. Tell us. I asked my father when I was about 35 years old, because it just hit me once. We were sitting with my dad, who's a sort of a blue-collar Greek guy from Lowell, Massachusetts, right? Real salt-of-the-earth kind of guy, real tough guy. I said, Dad, how is it possible that you sent me to a private university, Boston University School of Fine Arts, to become an actor? You know, how did that happen? How did and he looked at me without batting an eye and he went, Michael, do you think I would have allowed it if it wasn't who you were? 
And, you know, I got incredibly emotional. It was pretty incredible that he said, I just couldn't picture you being anything else. It's who you were. I couldn't force you to be something who you weren't. And that was profound and amazing for him to have recognized that and supported me. So, again, about falling out of love, I I guess it it wasn't even a question of that. It's like being someone who you're not. I, that's who I was. And even when, like, I went through that period of being uh, blacklisted after doing Wired, my head didn't go like, fuck this, I'll, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I can't be an actor anymore. It was like, well, I guess I'll go back to the theater because that's, I'm an actor. This is who I am. Mm. So I'll do it at the level that I can. See, it's interesting because your father clearly saw it. Your wife clearly saw it. How often, if ever, did you doubt it? Uh, never. I mean, that's never. again. It's you who, just you just it's knew. You just knew. Uh, so let me ask you this then. But look at me. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I'm not you. <laughs> but here's the thing. Not. That's why I'm a fan of your work because because you know, you can tell a fake. Fakes go from one show to the next, dude. You know, fakes go. That's the highest compliment you could ever pay me. But it's true. Thank you. But you know that. Come on, but, man. But no. But but I'm still gonna thank you. Well, you're uh, very welcome. I because mean, because to me, everything is about authenticity. Well, it's it's it. You know, I think that's what really jumps through the screen, whether it's on a television screen or a movie screen. And so I'm wondering, also, if you if you now right you you. You, you you get through that tough patch, you know, you have the shield, you're in Fantastic Four, you have you know, like you're rolling. Do you do you approach acting differently after all of that? Absolutely not. No. Uh my head goes to um work ethic. Uh I oh, I'm always I can never really Am I happy that I did these things and that they're part of my past? Absolutely. But I, I'm just not a, a, a druthers guy. You know what I mean? I can't yeah. sit there and and sort of bask in what's past. I, I'm always looking to the next thing and being part of something special. And if you ask me why I'm doing Gotham, some people think it's an odd choice for me. Some people think it, you know, it's wheelhouse. I mean, to me, it's this sort of fusion between the old and the new. Uh, I mean, cops and robbers meets comic book stuff. Totally Cinderella glass slipper. See, to me, it's a very smart decision because it's it's the it's the lay of the land right now. Um, but it's also Gotham is a more stylish version of the lay of the land. Yeah. So uh, to me, you know, it's like you know. We still have to pay the rent. Doesn't even after- suck to be associated with a big hit. No, and you know what? <laughs> uh, you know, the, you you can't eat your Emmy. No, you could try, that's <laughs> but that's you right. can't eat your Emmy. You know? So you know, dude's got to work. Um, but to me, it's a very it's Who a very interesting. You're you're awesome, dude. You're very nice. I, I appreciate seriously, you. Seriously, no, because that's insightful, and you get it. Uh, you know, 
Some people think that, we're, you know, there's a guy in short shorts with a, a script in one hand and a baton in the other running a relay race to your house. It's no, just it doesn't not work the that way, way it is. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't work. You know, you know why? Because people look at what I do for a living and they think, oh, well, is the car going to pick you up at 3.30 a.m.? It's like, no, man, I got to get on the train. Yeah, dude, <laughs> no, it's, it's a business. I got to climb over the drunk at 3.30 in the morning <laughs> to get to the fucking radio station. Trust yeah. me, I'm not Howard Stern. It ain't happening. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but, you know, but you do what you do because you love it. And to me, this is a really smart choice. I can't wait to see what you do with this character. Cool. It's a very interesting company for you to be part of because I think it's also going to change people's perception of you. Anyone who might still be holding on to the shield, which is a very different kind of guy, yeah. is going to say, oh, my God, he's in scenes with uh, all these different people. Not whether they're better, worse, or otherwise. It's just a different company of people. Totally different vibe. Right? Although, again, it's this cool... It's a little more fancy restaurant than diner, right? Yeah, very upscale <laughs> restaurant. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and there's the old and the new again. Donald Logue, I've known since the second year of the commission. He was, was amazing. A, he's awesome. Yeah, this he's guy really is talented. Awesome, incredibly yeah. talented. Uh, Sean Pertwee and I did a, a movie in the '90s together. So these these guys that I yeah, know. Yeah, Sean's coming up around. next week. Actually, he's awesome. Brilliantly talented guy. Uh, and then there's Ben McKenzie, who's just a mensch, the sweetest, yeah, easygoing he is. guy. And he there's is a good these guy. young talents, guys like Robin, who who's killing it, I think, as as Penguin. Hmm. So there's these really cool talents in the show, new and and the old. And I'm in Manhattan, man. I haven't lived in Manhattan since '97. Right, you guys are shooting here. Yeah, man. Oh man, you're loving life. Shooting this big ass show in Manhattan. I keep forgetting that Gotham is shot here. It's awesome. Yeah, you're all the way like down, 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 downtown, right? Yeah. Well, actually, in Brooklyn, uh, okay, they shoot. Got it. But then we also shoot all over town. We're out on location. And you know, on top of it, I'm not number one on this call sheet, so I actually get to have a life too. You know, when you're people don't realize a one hour drama is 14, 16 hours a day, every day, five days a week. And the, you you go to work 5.30 on Monday, and then there's something called turnaround. Right. So people, the actors have to have a 12-hour turnaround from the time they end their workday till the next day. So by the time you get to Friday, we call it Fratterday, because you're finishing at 3 in the morning, um, Saturday morning, in the wee hours. And then uh, you have enough time to sort of sleep and wash your socks and get up on Monday morning and do it all over again. And when you're number one, you're doing that all the time. All the time, yeah. What's wonderful, and I, you know, I used to look at guys like Walton Goggins and Kenny Johnson and the guys in The Shield, and I and I used to wonder what it was like to have, like, several days off, you know what I mean? And now I know, and it's, it's good, the right? greatest thing in the world. <laughs> like, oh, my God, I, I get to go and see shows and, like, concerts and shit. And holy shit, there's a whole fucking world out there that you can really enjoy. <laughs> good man, good man. Well, Michael Chiklis, it's really nice to finally have you on the show. My I, pleasure. I hope you'll come back. I certainly will. Look for Michael Chiklis on Gotham, Monday nights on Fox. This is The Jolt. Mm -hmm.